Be there as it happens. City News. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Eyewitness News Live from our studios at number 11, Dr. Martin Loop in Adabraka in Accra. My name is Selom Adunu. Tonight I'm here with Akosia Ochre. Coming up over the next 90 minutes. Sack any MC or DC in whose area of jurisdiction illegal mining has taken place and still continues based on evidence on the ground. Secondly, Ministers and deputy ministers whose responsibility it is to regulate the mining sector have failed Ghana. They must also be sacked for disappointing present and unborn generations. The media, the media coalition against Galamse talked tough and then calls on the for calls for the head of the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources and his deputies to be sacked over their failure to curb illegal mining. Meanwhile, government to go after financiers of illegal mining activities also coming up court slabs. 500,000 cities on communications officer of the NDC, Sami Jemfi, after finding him guilty of defaming energy minister, Dr. Matthew Opoku Prempe. Also coming up. Still at the courts, self-styled evangelist Nana Grada remanded for the second time amid support from church members. Stay with 97.3 CTFM for more on this and other stories on Eyewitness News and in Business. Ghana Union of Traders Association calls for a review of the VAT flat rate. Nashika Siza joins us a bit later for, uh, for business news. Eyewitness News is live across the country and all our affiliates and around the globe. At citynewsroom.com, your comments are welcome via WhatsApp line 0549-986-996. The news is also available around the country on all our affiliates, uh, including Westing, in the Western region, Adrimpa, 107.7 FM in Takwa Beach, 105.5 FM in Takwa, the Sky Power, 93.5 FM in Takwa. In the Bono region, we are on Greener FM, 95.9 in Sunyani and Ashanti region, we are on Focus 94.3 FM in Kumasi, Orange 107.9 FM in Kumasi. In the Voter region, we are on Revival 99.3 FM in Tajevu, VOV Radio 95.7 in Hohoi, and also we are on Radio Bimbila 91.9 FM in the Northern region. And in the Upper East region, we are on Quality 88.7 FM in Garu, in the Upper West region. We are on Tunson 97.3 FM in Wa. Now, we go to our first story, where the media coalition against Galamse is asking government to order all small-scale and surface mining activities to stop immediately to allow water bodies and forests to be restored. The coalition also contends that government has failed to show enough commitment to the fight against illegal mining, which has thus led to the continued destruction of farmlands and water bodies. The coalition is, among other things, demanding the dismissal of ministers of lands and natural resources, as well as municipal districts, municipal and district chief executives in whose jurisdiction illegal mining is taking place. The convener 
for the media coalition against Galam say Dr. Kenashibi joins us on the line with more. Hello, Doc. Welcome to the program. Uh, it appears that the coalition is, 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 is talking very tough recently. Now you are going after the big men. You said the, the president should sack the ministers in charge of the sector. But many will say that the, this current regime, at least the new ministers in charge, John Jinapo and his deputies appear to be uh, going hard on the Galamseyers. Is that not enough? For us to give them more time to do their work. Well, I think that for the minister for land, uh, for me, uh, his demonstration, uh, his uh, action against uh, Akunta mining, yeah, would 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 show some work that is being done. Um, and I think that you know you need to look at so the wording of the of the the statement. It was. They talked about the ministers and deputies whose responsibilities it is to re regulate mining. Yes. So the minister for lands, uh, you could cut him a bit of slack for some of the recent things he's done. But you need to look, also look at the fact that the regional ministers who are in these regions, who are also supervising these uh, DCs and MCs, are also culpable as well. So it was the reason why in in the statement it was not we didn't mention a ministry. We mentioned all ministers who were supposed to be regulating it. So and it's also supposed to be based on what work the person is supposed to have done and the person have not done. But primarily so yes, so that that is the point that has been made. And we definitely for me as an individual I recognize the work of the minister, especially about Akonta mining, because it would have been a difficult thing to do for the minister naming, uh, rightly so, Akunta Mining and its two directors, Kwame Entry and uh, Bernard Ekibu Esiako, as, you know, doing an illegality and the Minerals Commission also coming. Uh, that, for me, was a start. I would have hoped that it would go a, a step further and cause the arrest of them. So it's the reason why you find out that in point uh, uh, two uh, and three, we talk about the fact that it doesn't matter whose act is bought. Anybody who sins against the Minerals and Mining Act, uh, Act 2000 and, uh, 2006, Act 703, as amended, you know, should be taken to the right place. And especially for Akunta Mining, who, uh, you know, there's evidence, you know, collaborated by the Minister and the Minerals Commission, and also investigative reportage done by a journalist that has situated them within the Tunnel Nimre Forest Reserve. And you remember also that there was an altercation in Samraboy where the town folks prevented the workers of Akonka Mining from entering into the forest, you know. And so that particular person, for example, you know, you, you cannot say you're fighting Galamte and wanting to end this particular sketch. That has taken our stability of water and the average that you're having in the, if you use even just the Boate on the path, to 2,634 MTUs. When the World Health Organization is asking you for five, say that five MTUs is what you require to be able to treat water for drinking. You know, so in such a crisis, you need to be holding people accountable. The talk, I think we've had a talk for a very long time. And these people who are involved in this eco-terrorism they are not stopping, and they are still on the prowl, destroying our land, destroying our water. It's resulted in some economic warfare where you see the Chinese and what they are doing to our cocoa and their plans of getting into cocoa. 
you know, and now also it might result in some cross-border conflict with Cote d'Ivoire, where Cote d'Ivoire is telling you that the way you are polluting your beer, it's also polluting their waters, though they are not involved in that illegality. And so it is really important that action be taken now and immediately. I, I see. But, you know, some of the points you raised are, are quite tough. So, for example, uh, so still on this point about the ministers, now you say that your, your focus directly is not on the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, uh, as it were, but other ministries, including the regional ministers. But the regional ministers, I, I'm not sure how um, they regulate mining because the sector that actually does that is the Lands and Natural Resources. The the, 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 the the purview of the regional ministers may be different because if the license and the concession is given from Accra, there's very little they can do in respect of this. So that that, that is a bit uh, uh, challenging for me. And you, you also say that... Yes. Yeah. No, I think if you, you see the, the Minister for Land and Natural Resources and his deputies have the... They have policy direction and regulation for the... the the uh, the sector, but you also have to recognize the fact that uh, when you get into the district, uh, it is the DCs and who are the district mining committee chairpersons, and they are also the district security committee chairpersons. And then the regional ministers have coordinating responsibility. Let me give you a typical example. There was a situation in Impohok district, for example. It had to take the minister for the western region to go to Impohok to go and intervene in that particular room, if it was not for the fact that they, they, did not, they do not think that as regional ministers, with their coordinating roles, they have a role to play, they would not have gotten involved in that. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying that the, uh, the Land and Natural Resources Minister uh, do not have responsibility. They have responsibility. But I'm, I'm saying that in crafting the, the press release, it was we, because of the fact that we knew that beyond just the Land and Natural Resources, resources minister, you also had regional ministers who have responsibility. So as you're asking that DCEs and MCEs should be sacked, you also are talking to the, the the regional ministers who are responsible for these DCEs that have also not taken their actions, that have resulted in the level of degradation that we are seeing. I see. So you mentioned the Western Regional Minister, for example, for his exploits or, or, or his efforts at Mpoho. But we know that illegal mining is still ongoing in the Western Region. So for the Eastern, Western Regional Minister, for example, given that you admit that he's done some work, should he stay or should he leave? And which other ministers will you add to this list? Eastern Region, Ashanti Region, which other regions? So all the regions that have uh, illegal, uh, illegal mining happening in there, as we have said, that if you look at that, we talk about the fact that uh, with, even with the NCs, it has to be taken in consideration of the evidence on the ground. So definitely for Western region, for Eastern region, for Central region, for uh, Shanti region, and in any other mining regions, I think about 13 regions are the regions where uh, we have gold mining happening in there. We need to look at the level of devastation that is happening in there and what the minister has done. You know, if they have not done a good job, if they, you know, including their MCs and the DCs, if they've not done a good job, we should be holding them responsible. Because if we continue with the way we are going and our lands are being destroyed, our waters are being destroyed, kidney diseases are on the right, then we're not going to be able to resolve these issues. I, I see. So is it that you find the process quite slow because for example we know the attorney general is a record to have said that 187 people have been jailed uh, since 2017 or so on uh, galamsey uh, related offenses 
and over 200 people are currently standing trial. And so it means that clearly some work is, is being done. So is it that you find a process slow and you want it, you know, uh, rumped up or what exactly is the concern? Remember, the rules of justice grind slowly. Very, very, very true. You know, so you look at, um, so you want to apply the Pareto principle. You have, so these people that you've mentioned, what, you go back and you look into that, you find out that most of these people that have been arrested and have been prosecuted are the people you find in the past. Most, but you know that if you want to also kill the serpent and do it well, you cut it from the head. Most of the people who fuel these things. A typical example is Akonta Mines. It is not the workers of Akonta Mine who are fighting with the people in Samaboy. If you deal with that particular person, Akonta Mines will still be in existence. But the influential people is the reason why the media coalition, for example, in 2018 petitioned the Attorney General when that knowledge protocol was filed. Because when you have somebody like Asha, uh, Asha Wang, who we know, it's really one of the critical people involved in that. You know, if you don't deal with those people at the very top and all you do is deal with the people at the bottom, that is why you would have the situation where in 2020, for example, you would have the turbidity in the Dabuase treatment plant at 1,180. Then it will move to 2,521. And then now at 2,634, though you say you are prosecuting all of those people. It has gotten to the time where we need to realize the fact that we are in an emergency. And the reason why we support the the call by Occupy Ghana, when Occupy Ghana talks about the fact that a state of emergency should be declared in these districts where these particular things are happening, so that you take decisions. You see, when you have a child or you have somebody who is bleeding profusely, you don't go putting bandages on those ones. So yes, some activity are being done, some, but the activities, what is the result of it? If you have the situation where the situation is worsening, then you need to change the tactics. It is the reason we are calling that there's an, a need for an immediate halt in terms of, you know, large-scale surface mining, small-scale mining, you know, mining on the water body, so that we all can stop and find ways in which we can get these water bodies to restore themselves and also have a national dialogue, bringing everybody together, including all the political parties, to say that this is not good enough. What is it that we can do to be able to stop the, the rot and then begin to start uh, the process of recover, uh, you know, restoration and recovery of uh, the water bodies? Yes, so, the yeah, so, so your point on halting um, mining, so you say in point one of your statement that you know, immediately or as a matter of urgency, uh, government should order all small-scale and surface mining activities to stop immediately to allow our water bodies and forests to begin to be restored and strategize a way to bring sanity to the surface mining activities in Ghana. Now, these are people doing or conducting their businesses legally and, and you want them stopped. We've seen this before and the attendant problems which came with it I mean, it's quite evident for us to see. Is this call of yours being made in also in, in cognizance of the implication this will have on jobs, especially as we find ourselves in a very difficult economic situation? Yeah, but it's so true. You know, uh, we know that small-scale mining, there are some very uh, responsible small-scale miners. The large-scale miners, there are also some responsible ones. But in the middle of all of that, look at the challenges that, you know, are... Uh, befalling you. And so when you are within, if you are in a state of emergency, you don't take normal action. 
It is the reason why the accounts say in Jinakrani, you need some hope, you need some space to be able to look around it. And so that's why we, you know, in talking about halting it, you know, we don't mention any period and we talk about strategizing. So you do that. And then you start then looking at the pockets, the areas where you really have the challenges, and then be able to come up be able to come up with, you know, what you need to do. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear. Go ahead. Ah, so you need to come up with the things that you need to do to ensure that you can bring some sanity into into the thing. But the state in which you are, where, you know, you just uh, look as if you want to spiral down a, a steep slope. If you continue the way you're going to continue, definitely, you know, already you're not only losing, uh, you know, uh, uh, jobs, you're losing life. There are communities where now the women, there are a lot of stillbirths happening. There are children who are being born with deformity. You know, so you don't want to prescribe normal solutions when the challenges that are confronting you are not normal. But we also need to do it with a lot of science. We need to do it with a lot of technology. Use the data that is available. And you, you know, you, there are areas where you find out that in terms of, uh, you know, the, what is happening in there, the mining is, all happening civilly, then when you do all of that, you can then decide to let them start in, you know, in, in a controlled manner where you your regulations are properly put in there. And when you do the stuff, it's important that we hold this national dialogue where we bring all the players together, the political parties, the different political parties, academia, the small-scale miners themselves, even the galamseas, you know, the people, especially the youth who are involved in it, so that we can craft a solution you know, because the issue, one of the solutions was community mining. But unfortunately, community mining has not been done with all the transparency that it ought to be done. If you listen to the chief from Dumpton, he says there's community mining happening in his area. But he, it's not the people from his community who are involved in that. So who are the people who own these mines? Who are the people who are responsible for them? Are they also mining in a sustainable manner? What is their plan to be able to reclaim? But at, in Ghana, for example, what is the net effect of surface mining? Does it is the net effect positive or is it negative? You know, because you might be sitting in you know in a rocking chair, rocking at 100 kilometers per hour, but maybe you're not moving, you know, any distance. So those are the questions that we need to ask, and that's why you need some space to breathe to be able to do that. And the reason why the first point we make about halting this and then being able to take action. Very well. So the very final one. You also call for powerful people. Uh, involved in Galamsea activities in the country to be exposed and sanctioned to serve as a deterrent. Uh, incidentally, the Minister of Lands addressed the press this afternoon and he said that government was going to go after financiers of illegal mining activities. That surely should, should, should come to you as, 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 as some good news. Yes, definitely that is good news. And if that is the case, the first thing I would want to point, the first person I would want to point to the minister is the person the minister himself has said is involved in an illegality, where the minister has said that the Forestry Commission should stop the person. So, you know, where the minister's deputies have gone in there and are going to destroy equipment and things that are owned by this particular person. So I would have hoped that when the minister talks about that, the next thing we'll be hearing is that Akonta Mining and its directors and executives have been arrested. Investigations are going to are continuing, and we are going to see some prosecution. That is showing that you know you're walking the talk. When you have evidence of one of them in your hand, you need to deal with them. There's this uh, DC, uh, I don't know whether it's an MC of Busumi Freon, 
for example, that the, the president mentioned. Has this person also met the, the minister for the administrative things? But some of the things, if those are the reasons why we are saying he's going, he should go meet the minister for lunch, some of the things are criminal. And if it's a criminal activity, it is not the minister who uses an administrative process. So, you know, we have some bad, uh, so, you know, some bad in the hand already. You know, and we need to deal with that so that it would inspire confidence in the public that, you know, those who are close to power are being dealt with. Those, the major financiers are being dealt with. And because that is happening, the people who are also on the ground, they would also run for cover and they would stop. But if we say that and people see that there's one that the minister himself has mentioned and the IGP has not done the, the arrest, the, the attorney general has also not done the move, then we'll have an issue. So as we speak, the media coalition were in the process of putting together a petition to the CID, uh, the uh, director general, the IGP, the, uh, the AG, as well as the Office of Special Prosecutor to be able to get, uh, you know, uh, look into the issue of Akuntar mining. We went to the office of uh, uh, the office of the Registrar of Companies, and we've been able to establish the fact that Bernard Guesiaku, uh, old director, was Bernard Guesiaku, and one Kwame entry. They are the owners. They are the shareholders. They are the beneficiary owners of this particular company. And so, all that evidence, if the the minister does not have, uh, if the police IGP does not have it, will be presented to the IGP by uh, by tomorrow. Very well. Very well. Doc, thanks so much. Dr. Ken Ashigbe is convener for the Media Coalition Against Galamse. Thank you so much for speaking to us on Eyewitness News. Now, let's speak to the, the, the Consent Small Scale Miners Association. General Secretary of that group, Gordon Ama, uh, joins us on the line. Hello, good evening, sir. Welcome to Eyewitness News. Now, the, the coalition, uh, Media Coalition Against Galamse, which is uh, uh, quite a loud voice on the fight against Galamse and illegal mining, appears to be widening its nest. And it says that small-scale mining activities should be halted immediately because of the situation we have with our water bodies and forests. This surely will come as a blow to you, but thinking generally and broadly, don't you think it's a good thing to do right now, given the nature of our water bodies and even forests? First of all, good, good evening to you and listeners. I am mean, with the General National Association of Small-Scale Miners. The general secretary of the Ghana National Association of Small Scale Miners. Thank you very well. Good. Um, when we look at the situation we are in now, um, 2017 to 2019, there was a ban on uh, all forms of small scale mining. Yet that year, we were able to produce the highest gold in percentage, which is, uh, was around um, 43% during the ban. Small Miners who are legitimate small scale miners who have gone through the process to acquire their licenses and all that were asked to go home, sit for two years, and lost all their investment, which some miners are still battling to pay even banks that they owe. This is not going to work and it's not going to bring the solution that we want. I I see the media coalition find there are issues that we need to look at and we all are in the same Booth where these environmental challenges are facing the whole country. As Mosque Miners Association, we are working closely with government to ensure that we resolve some of these issues. This issue is not a day. We cannot get the results in the day. It's a work in progress, and there are so many interventions that government has put in place, and we are also working closely to ensure that we get our bodies back. 
But, but those interventions, are those interventions really working? Because since the ban was lifted, we, we, we've seen a worsening of the situation. No, the situation. So if you call that, we should ban all small scale mining. Let me ask you, like the media house, we have some who are not performing properly as your ethics or the, the profession says. Does it mean that you ban all media houses? I don't think if you do that, it's fair. And it's just a lazy man's approach in dealing with an issue. This is an industry that is producing uh, uh, almost 40% of our total good output. It's bringing in 62 to $63 million on weekly basis. It's employing over 1 million people and their dependents. Yes, we appreciate that there are challenges, but there should be a balance. Mining is a technical issue, and we need technical people to sit down to come with proper solutions. If we want emotions to let, then there's no, there's not going to be any balance. So what we are saying is, yes, we appreciate that there are challenges there. The bad not, we have people who have been licensed to work, uh, 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 and then the Minerals Commission, the EP, and all those those people. Why should we ban all, all those people? And it's just not small scale mining. When we are looking at the issues that are happening. We have large uh, 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 companies that are perpetrating illegalities. So why do you want to ban only the small scale miners? Are we being fair to them? So the issue that we have, when we use emotions and we are not able to diagnose the issue properly, then at the end of the day, we will not get the right result. So I don't support the media coalition uh, on their issue that they should be banned on small scale miners. Orange is that no small scale miner is issued uh, license to go and uh, operate in forests is there. So why then do they say that we small scale mining, we are destroying the forest? Why, when you look at Akunta mining, which we gave example, it's not a small scale mining company. Yet it's perpetrating illegality in the forest is there. So we are not going to sit and someone will suggest that there should be ban on the small scale mining sector and then it will be done. There is no way that the small scale miners association will say. Because we are doing our legitimate business, those who are not doing their business work, then the regulators will ensure that those people are, are, are kicked out of the sector. People uh, mining on, uh, mine, people doing illegal mining on river bodies. They are not issued licenses to be mine on these river bodies. People are illegal mining. None of our small scale miners have a dredger to go on the river body and go and dredge these river bodies and, 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 and pollute the water. So I see. Please, what, 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 so, yes, so, yes. So that will be able to solve this issue. So what, what do you think, I mean, our small-scale miners, what do you think is accounting for the worsening situation of our forests, for example, or our river bodies? Is it a case that the managers of the sector don't have the willpower to do it, or you think they are overwhelmed by the challenges of the sector? You see, the forest is there, as I said. We don't issue permits for people to go in and mine. The river bodies, there are no permits given to people to go and mine in the river bodies. But there are so many factors. These illegal operators, for instance, the, the those who are dredging the river bodies, they go through communities. They stay within communities. We have community leaders in there. What is the role of those community leaders? Because this river or the water bodies, as we see, goes through so many communities. And these illegal miners are staying there. They are paying rent. They are, they are having their daily activities there. And these communities have for them. So what is the role of a chief in that community? So if we are able to look at this 
as a national, it's a national challenge or a national problem, but the solution is at the local level. That is why we say we should use the community enforcement approach so that we manage it at the local level. But the whole thing is like focus Accra and people who sit in Accra, they don't understand the issue, they will make so much uh, 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 solutions that doesn't even work. But when we focus on the DCs and these community leaders and ensure that the committee will, will be able to, to handle it at the local level. There is also this political issue that are packed through so many uh, 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 the, the, the political strategic uh, uh, government. Where anytime we, we fight Galante, getting to the, the political season, then it's like we all relax, the media don't talk about it, nothing happens, and these people will go and devastate the environment, then the pollution levels will be so high. Then when, after elections, we start making the noise again. So if we want to, to sustain this uh, uh, fight against illegal mining, both political parties should work together. Because you hear one party say, I'll fight Galante, another party in opposition say, I will encourage you to do the work, just to score political gains. Because you have a lot of people who are mining within, uh, who are, who are within the community. So the politicians are looking at people who vote for them. So when we take these politicians and work together, and we know that this is Project Ghana, we need to let uh, our country work, we need to have uh, against this environmental degradation and water pollution, we'll be able to get there. But as an association, we have even adopted the Green River, and within a year, this Green River, we, we are going to work with you, man, set the stability levels of Green River and sustain the effort on the river. And we know within six months, the stability levels will go down. We are going to work every day. Government intervention now, they are training the water guards. Water guards are coming, and they will be patrolling the water body. And the issue of tracking, the pilots have been done, and very soon it will come. Uh, some of these uh, 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 pilot projects were done on, on, on small steel mining sites which we all went and, and we saw how, when you go beyond your bandwidth, all the machines that you are working that have been tracked will not function again. These are interventions that will work, because government is bringing technology, working with other people there to ensure that we manage it. You have a sector that has over one million people, and they are dependent. So when they, they are up for the two years, we will take care of uh, the unemployment issue. Some ways we will go hard. So there should be a balance in the solution. So at the end of the day, we say people should stop, but the implications will not be that much on the economy. So we should have that balance. Thank you so much, uh, Golinama, General Secretary of the Ghana Association of Small Scale Miners. Thanks so much for speaking to us on Eyewitness News. The minister has also been speaking on this and tried to his, his outline a number of measures he thinks will help deal with the situation. Akusia has yes, the story. So he's saying that uh, government has served notice of going after financiers and campings of illegal small-scale mining activities popularly known as Galamse. The government says although most of the persons often apprehended for such acts are mostly contracted, a focus on arresting the influential persons behind them will help in tackling the menace. The Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, Samuel Abdullah Jinapo, made this known at a press briefing in Accra today. The biggest step is, as we say in our local uh, parlance, when you cut off the head of the snake, you finish the snake. So if you're able to get hold of the campaigns and get hold of the barons and the foreigners who are uh, funding 
these activities. Then a lot of your work is done, which is why the Attorney General's collaboration is absolutely important. That's why I'm working closely with the Attorney General to pay particular attention to the issue of prosecution. Law enforcement is one thing, which is that the soldiers are out there arresting people, burning, excavated, seizing, excavated. But the other side, the foreigner who is able to buy 300 excavators and, 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 and keep them for rent house or small scheme money, if you pick him up, and seize his 300 excavators, take it from me, the, the, the backbone of that mining cartel in that particular jurisdiction may just be broken and you will not have small scale mining there again at that scale. We are perceiving that strongly. And that is why um, the prosecution of uh, this notorious lady who's generated a lot of controversy in that country, Aisha Wan, is absolutely important. Um, two days ago on Tuesday, I was in court with the Attorney General, and I've taken it upon myself to appear in court of every city to until the, the conclusion of the case. Because I'm, a, I'm an interested party, as the Minister of Sports for Mines, and I want to be there to send the message out there as the government and flinching uh, commitment and seriousness to prosecution of this need. And, and that prosecution is begun with the Aishawam plus four others. I think we are going back to court on the 24th of this month. The Attorney General is to be commended because he's been working on this matter expeditiously and in a very spiritual manner. He himself is um, uh, uh, representing the Republic in this matter. That is normally not the case. Normally, the Attorney General will find the Supreme Court on big constitutional uh, arguments to do with the country. But he's taking it upon himself to, to be there. And, and we are going to continue on that. And, and, and also other uh, people that we can fish out of the loop and make an example of them. So that was the Lands and Natural Resources Minister. Samuel Abdullah Jinnapo. Well, he also revealed that the Forestry Commission has commenced investigations into mining activities at the Tano Nimri Forest Reserve by the Aquanta Mining Limited. The firm was asked to halt operations earlier this month by the ministry because it did not have the mining lease to operate in the forest. Addressing the, main, the media, the minister says the outcome of the probe will assist the government in its next line of action. Forest Reserve. These processes which led to the grant of mining leases in respect of three concessions, they did not relate to Tanlore Forest Reserve. The one which relates to Tanlore Forest Reserve was an application which was which was ongoing, which had been left just with the minister's approval. They are gone through an elaborate process from Forest Commission to Minerals Commission to Gazette to going on to the portal, the online portal, and even paying fees. And what was left was for the minister, myself, to grant the mining lease. And the, whatever operations they would have mounted, they would be lawful, illegal. I, I have not determined that application yet. And the reports were that some activities, alleged activities, were taking place in the forest reserve. And I use the alleged with emphasis. Now, the Forest Commission, which has a legal mandate for the preservation of forest reserves in Ghana, is currently conducting operational 
and legal audits and investigations into this particular forest reserve. And I don't mean just the market and the cases to get into account, the entire forest reserve. Thankfully and happily, the report I've received is that the Forest Commission is able to clear the forest reserve of any activities. If I yesterday, my deputy minister flew over the forest reserve with a helicopter. To, to make sure that there are no activities in the forest reserve. And the forest reserve is not still covered so that people cannot go in anymore. And so is it for other forest reserves. In fact, tomorrow, my deputy minister Benito is meeting all the regional managers and district managers of forest, forest, forest Commission in Kumasi to map out a strategy to ensure that all forest reserves in Ghana continue to be protected. So that is that. We have to wait for the report of the Forest Commission. So is it that the special prosecutor is looking into other aspects of this matter? So at this stage, I think it will be premature to begin to talk about prosecution. We need to wait and get the facts. But don't forget that this company also has a completely different uh, view of this matter. They have a whole I have. They've written to me and they've written to me with all kinds of documents and all kinds of claims in their, uh, in their petition to me. So I like to do things in accordance uh, with due process and do so methodically. And therefore, I will crave your indulgence and do crave the indulgence of all interested parties that it is important that we agree the report of the first. So away from the interventions by government to tackle illegal mining, the Lands and Natural Resources Minister was rather not happy about the former NPP chairman Freddie Blaise law firm's representation of four persons standing trial for their alleged involvement in Galamsey activities. The sector minister said a move would fuel conspiracy theories against government's fight. Government cannot choose lawyers for people they have charged and are prosecuting courts. If you and somebody are fighting, how can you go and get a, a shield and the sword for him? He will not take it. So, so that is what it is, yes. The, the other question that is always asked, um, am I concerned about that situation? Yes, I'm concerned. I'm concerned because there's a, a way of fueling conspiracy theories, and, and whether rightly or wrongly or grounded or not grounded, it will fuel conspiracy theories. But it's a matter uh, we have to live with it because that's a reality. We don't have control over it. Uh, what we have to do is to continue to prosecute uh, these accused persons in a very spirited manner and hopefully uh, secure convictions and secure uh, severity of punishment to them. And that will dispel all the conspiracy theory that have been banded around as to MPP and uh, government colluding to uh, free these people as well and so forth. I can, I can assure you the president and his government are fully, fully committed to prosecute any and everybody who is involved in illegal small scale mining. And um, without fear of favor, Aishawan is not an exception. So that was Minister for Lands and Natural Resources Samuel Abdullah Jinnapo speaking at a press briefing in Accra. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM will take a short break, return, and do more. And when we return, um, the Political Parties Act. Um, of 2000 Act 574 is beginning to bite. We'll tell you what the Electoral Commission is doing on that. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Shoot! It's a goal! This is what the FBI 
European Bank to Qatar we go promotion is all about. Football is experienced differently when you are close to the action. From now till 31st October 2022, deposit up to 5,000 Ghana cities in your bank account and you may become one of the lucky customers to win an all-expense-paid trip to Qatar. You also have the opportunity to visit sunny Dubai as well. Now that's awesome. You also stand the chance of winning a 43-inch smart TV plus a Go TV decoder with three months free subscription. Remember, you increase your chances of winning when you save more than 5,000 Ghana cities in your FBN Bank account. So hurry, visit any of our branches, open an account and save with FBN Bank. We put you first. Promo runs on the NLA Caritas platform. It's creamy, creamy plus, delicious milk, creamy plus for you. Plus is a delightfully delicious option whenever and wherever the occasion calls for milk. For your quick meals on the go or quality time at the dining table, jazz up your favorite Gary Soakings, Mash Kinky, cereals, and all hot and cold beverages with a creamy, protein-rich, healthy option of milk. Creamy Plus evaporated milk with vegetable fat is all you need to stay on the go. Creamy Plus evaporated milk is now available in a shop near you. For bulk purchases, please contact Les Farm Distribution at Medina Ritz Junction on 0501-682-522 or Grace has found us at Akoko Photo Dan Soman on 0245-162-747. Creamy, Creamy Plus Evaporated Milk. This message has been vetted and approved by the FDA. We're well, sorry to interrupt this program for a breaking news story. Information reaching us is that the whole country has been thrown into a state of joy and excitement about the new look of Total Energy's lubricants. Our correspondent Kwame Usu is standing by to bring us the very latest developments. Kwame, what exactly is the situation where you are? <laughs> Emmanuel, I must say there's a huge crowd here with divers and customers extremely excited about the new Total Energy's lubricants bottle. I have with me here one of the drivers. Hello, boss. Yes, sir. You are live on Quartz 202.1 FM. Tell us the reason for your joy. My name is Wawo, and for 10 years, I use only Total Energy's lubricants for efficiency and performance of my car engine. With a new bottle, it's easier to read, carry, and pour. New bottle design and color, new label, new cap, and security features with a QR code. Massa is the same superior oil quality. Challenge, this is performance at that side. So you heard it right. Total Energy's lubricants bottle have been entirely redesigned into a modern and premium pack to give you the best experience. Reporting live from the capital, this is Kwame Usu. Courts, keep your engine younger for longer. Enterprise Life, it's possible to live your best life. Ladies, enjoy cover for your lifestyle with Bloom, life insurance for today's woman. Families, let's safeguard your well-being with a family income security plan because family matters. And for you, live freely with our funeral finance plan unlimited with no restrictions, no limits as you cover your loved ones and yourself. WhatsApp us on 0554-001-924 or call 0307-084-444 for your solution. Enterprise, your advantage. (laughs) 
let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. A number of your messages have been coming through. Uh, Muftahu from Tamale says, I'll allow our leaders to do more of this to sanitize our political space. The excessive fabrications, lies and propaganda is making a lot of young people lose interest in the country. And that's bad for the future. Um, Zalis Duane in London says, if Ghana was some country, most of our leaders would have resigned honorably for the sake of integrity. And we should remember that there is a natural law of sowing and reaping francis says uh, why are or why is the media coalition calling on the ministry to do an arrest when they have enough evidence to curse or to cause their arrest um is it only a minister who can do so au farouk in tamalinov says seriously galam say fight can stop if the mpp especially nado provides sustainable jobs for the youth in the mining areas and also discourage some government officials who are deeply involved in that business kofi in laboni says, please, as a minister for lands and natural resources, where the drones for monitoring legal mining are, he should account for them. Why are they flying choppers and risking lives when they can use the drones and acquire high-resolution images from GPS coordinates right from his office? Ghanaians want to know what happened to the drones. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. Now, the Electoral Commission is invoking portions of the Political Parties Act of 2000, Act 574, and it is taking steps to revoke the licenses of some political parties that have been comatose or that have uh, failed to comply with uh, specific provisions of that act. A number of political parties, about 17 of them, uh, have been affected. So, uh, my colleague, uh, Hansen Ajimain, uh, joins me in the studio to tell us exactly what the Electoral Commission has been up to. Hello, Hansen. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Salom. Yes, well, what has the Electoral Commission been up to in respect of its Act 574 and compliance by political parties? So the Electoral Commission of Ghana from 16th of May to June 9, 2022, undertook an exercise to check on political parties who are registered in Ghana to ascertain whether or not in compliance to the particular section you referred to have offices at the national and regional levels and their work uh, came with a conclusion that these particular political parties 17 of them do not have offices at the national and regional levels 17 of them and the electoral commission have thus written to these parties that they should respond to them uh, not later than Thursday, October 2020, October, not less, not later than Thursday, October 20, 2022. So basically, this is what uh, the Electoral Commission is, is seeking to do. So from October 20, we should expect the Electoral Commission to take a decision as to whether or not it will revoke the licenses of these 17 political parties. And so they are to, their responses are to reach the Electoral Commission by next week, Thursday, October 22. So what are the political parties likely to be affected by this? So the first political party um, on the list is the Democratic People's Party, um, which uh, we know founded by what, Brew, 
and uh, the second is united front party uh and then of uh previously together with odike mm. uh, which odike left uh, uh, some years ago and then we have also united development system party there's also every Ghanaian living everywhere um, of course this particular political party in 1992 joined alliance with other political parties and uh, National Democratic Congress to push uh, forward Jerry John Rollins. There's also the Yes People's uh, Party, United Ghana Movement, United Ghana Movement, uh, founded by Charles Rekubrobi, uh, Democratic Freedom Party, um, Obeda Samoa, New Vision Party, uh, Ghana Democratic Republican Party, Ghana National Party, Power Unity. Party United Progressive Party, which is uh, the founder is Odike, who represented them in the 2020 elections, and then there's also Reform Patriotic Democrats, People's Action Party, United Renaissance Party, uh, that's Kofi Wayo's party, National Reform Party, and then United Love Party. So these 17 parties have been written to by the um. Electoral, Electoral commission. commission. Now let's let's state that this is actually a notice to them in the various media platforms because the Electoral Commission says it has found it difficult reaching to them because these political part parties have not provided them their actual locations or where their offices are. So this is an open invitation to these seventeen political parties to respond to them. I, I see. So, do we know um, if any of the political parties have started responding uh, since this uh, um, notice was put out? Well, we don't know if they have responded to the specific issues raised, but in our interactions with some of the uh, political parties or leaders of the political parties mentioned here, some of them were surprised because they said not recently they filed the uh, taxes and other relevant documents with the electoral commission and uh, we'll be hearing from some of them shortly very well so so um let's let's go to the lines and speak to akwesi adai odike who is a leader and founder of the united progressive party it is uh, number uh, it's number 12 on the list of 17. uh, uh mr adai odike uh, good evening and welcome to the program have you seen this notice have you have, have you received any notice from the electoral commission uh, in respect of your non-compliance with Section 15 of the Political Parties Act of 2020. Uh, thank you very much, my brother, for uh, giving me the opportunity to express my displeasure about the way the Electoral Commission is treating a United Progressive Party. Um, first, of, first of all, um, we have uh, a way of communicating with electoral commission um if electoral commission want to invite us into ipad they always reach out to us so what the woman is saying is fallacy it's a big lie any letter that we they want to dispose of send to us we always receive them so this woman is lying to Ghanaians, and everybody must take note of that Secondly, electoral commission, we always have correspondence with the EC on so many issues which 
I have so many letters in my custody indicating how um, we normally um, correspond with EC. We write to EC, EC writes to us. This is the, the first time, the second time the woman is putting information in the public domain without recourse to even alert the concerned uh, people. He doesn't, they doesn't treat MPP, NDC, and their um, other parties this way. My brother, the political party has, uh, is explicit uh, uh, that if you are forming a political party, you must have offices within the, all the system regions and the national office. Yes. We have our national office, which we've written to them, indicating the location. And electoral commission is saying that they have, uh, you know, uh, deployed people to, uh, 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 to audit offices in uh, of, of all the political parties. When they brought you the fundings, Kelsey uh, 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 demands that you draw, you call, you call, uh, uh, you draw our attention to your fundings, and then we can respond accordingly. This woman doesn't respect me. I consider as a person. Even when I, I, I want, I want to meet her to discuss something. Never has this woman um, um, allowed me to meet her. I, I see. I, I, I think. I mean, if you pass through the, the, the proper channels, she, she would, uh, um, she, she would oblige you because I mean, she's quite a busy. The role is quite a busy one. So, so I'm sure if you, if you, if you, if you are to go through the right processes. Um, she will make herself well, available to you. Brother, but but, but getting get to the substance of the matter, um, will we say, wait, would, would you have offices in all the regions or in all the constituencies? Do you? Uh, this, this, unless the, the woman uh, pinpoint where they couldn't find my office. No, but I, I, I want you to, I don't want you to be referring to her as a woman. She, she's the chairperson of the Electoral Commission. If you can address her, like that, I'll be very grateful. But do, do you have offices in all the regions and in all constituencies? Just a yes or no answer. You, you, you can't restrict me to that. The woman, the chair lady has come out with a statement. So she must show me where he, she couldn't find my office. And I, 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 won't, I won't waste anybody's tears until the woman gives me the list of where she couldn't find my offices. Let no, no, I, I see. You know, it, it's, it's, the public is listening. And, and if you say and she's not treating you well... You know, so, do, I mean, it's just a simple one. Do you have offices across the country, in all the regions, and in all the, the constituencies? Before you can be given a license to operate as a political party, they go to inspect your offices before they give you the license. Of course, but it, it could just be for the purposes of registration that you open temporary offices, after which the offices close, and because you have a, a, a provisional certificate, you, you, you go ahead and do what you're doing, and you don't bother to... Uh, to 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 get those offices open, so it is important that they did this exercise, so they are sure that all the parties they have on their books are in good standing. Okay, so in, in the absence of in, in the absence of answering the question about offices, do, do, does the electoral commission also have the names and titles and addresses of all your offices at the national, regional, district, and constituency levels as required by law? Which law stipulates that? Have you read the law? 
I have the law before me. Yes, but listen to me. The law is explicit that before you can be given certificate, so you can't assume that um, I, I just took temporary offices. No, you cannot assume. I'm sorry, my brother. Let the woman uh, furnish me with where they couldn't find my offices. It could be miscommunication. So you can't throw that into the air and say that maybe you took temporary offices. It is not fair on my side to even a journalist to, to, to come out with this. No, no, I, I'm just stating possibilities. I, I'm not saying categorically that's what you did. I'm just stating possibilities because, you know, you, you are unable to tell me whether you have offices in all constituencies or not. Why is it that you always um, assume? No, it's not good. Let the woman write to me and pinpoint where they couldn't find my office. Then I will show them this is uh, my office because uh, uh, all, all the political parties, most of us, we rent a place. It could be that uh, we've moved from uh, another place to another, uh, a different place, I've written to them, but maybe they didn't take cognizance uh, of that. So I have to tell them, this is our office. This is the address. This is the location. But for the, for the, for the elect EC chair to come out and say that they cannot reach out to us is a big lie. This is what I mean. Very well. I, I'm not sure they said they could not reach out to you. What they have said is that this, and I'm reading, this public notice has become necessary due to the failure of the listed political parties to furnish the EC with information on their locations. They didn't say they, they could not write to you. They, they just said that your failure to provide them the information is led to the publication of this notice. But listen to me. The EC even doesn't give a, a send letters to our offices. They call us to come and pick it at the confidential room. That, that has been the practice. Very, very well. But, but, but can we make progress? So I'm saying that did you or does the Electoral Commission have the names and titles and addresses of your officers at the national, regional, district and constituency levels as we speak right now? This is why I disagree with the woman because I, 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 I contested 2020 election and all the information were provided for them. So I don't understand why she made a U-turn to throw that into the, uh, uh, the public space that uh, they cannot find our offices. It's a fallacy. Secondly, if, if anything at all, they should have given me the opportunity, as natural justice demands, that we are not um, uh, locating your offices. So will you please furnish us or come to the office and explain why we couldn't find the office A, B, C, D in this re uh, region? None of these processes were adhered to. So please, don't always side with the AC because some people find it delight that when the case name has come up, then we are going to know. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't actually. I'm not even siding with the EC. I, I, I am not. So look, look here, here, here. This the EC is saying that the following political parties are by this notice requested to sh to show cause in writing to the commission why their registration should not be cancelled. Listed your name, seventeen of you. Wait, and it says that the responses should reach the commission not later than Thursday. 20th October 2022. So this is the natural justice, you know, opportunity you have been given. They want to hear from you. So if they've given you this opportunity and by Thursday, 
you fail to respond to them, then they can go ahead and revoke your license. So that opportunity has been given to you. The door has not been shut against you. Yes, I agree. I agree, but um, some of uh, some of the media houses are, you know, growing, uh, growing it out of proportion. No, no, I don't know about them, but we, this is what we are dealing with. We, we, we know what we are doing, so you may respond to it this way. So you've still not addressed my question about you finishing the names of the, your, 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 your officers. You, you said they have it. You said because you contested 2020, they have it, right? Who are the auditors of your political party? Do you have an auditor? Of course. I, I, always, I always submit my auditor's report. Who, who are your auditors? Yes, on time. Listen, my brother, listen to me. And sometimes MPP and NDC, they, 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 they fail to submit even their auditor's report. And it would take the EC to go after them many, many months before they submit it. These are normal things that happens to all the political parties. So the EC should have written to us. I am not worried if they, they have written to us in private. I am not worried at all because it has been the norm. The practice we always uh, uh, do with EC. So for me, putting it in a public domain is my worry because when we are writing to EC, we don't put it in public domain. So you must accord us that respect. I know it can be ratified. They want us to ratify certain things so that we uh, 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 we, we get going. It's no problem. We will also respond to the letter and ask and demand where and where they couldn't find our office. And we, we do the ratifications and we, we, we get through. Very well. So let me thank you so much for, for agreeing to speak to us on this. We wish you the very best in responding, I mean, in, in your quest to have your, uh, um, your your responses reach the EC in time so that uh, your party's license uh, does not get revoked or certificate does not get revoked. We want to see you in 2024. Thanks so much for speaking to us. Uh, I witnessed News on 97.3 City FM. Uh, Akusha has some more stories. Yes, let's bring you some of our headline stories. The National Communications Officer of the NDC, Sami Jemfi, says he will appeal a ruling by the court which slapped him with 500,000 cities in damages after losing a defamation case to Energy Minister Dr. Matthew Opoku-Prempe. The High Court, General Jurisdiction 12, presided over by Justice Charles Jemfi Dankwa, found that Sami Jemfi defamed the Energy Minister at a press conference in June 2019, Sami Jemfi is reported to have said that once Seydou Said Yakubu suspected of being involved in the kidnapping of the two Canadian girls in the year 2019, is the errand boy of Dr. Matthew Poku Prempe. The court has therefore awarded damages of 500,000 cities in favor of Dr. Opoku Prempe. But the National Communications Officer of NDC, Sami Jemfi, says the court in its ruling, hence a decision to challenge the order. Now, self-acclaimed evangelist Patricia Drew, known as Nana Grada, has been remanded into police custody again. The self-styled evangelist has been in police custody since her arrest on Sunday for alleged money doubling scam. She is expected to reappear in court on October 17, 2022. Nanagrada is facing seven counts of defrauding by false pretense and charlatanic advertisement on TV. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. City Business News is up next and Nashika is just sitting across me. She will bring the news to you after this break. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. 
And there he comes, the man with many keys. That's me, bro. Safwahini. <laughs> One more critical key, and I'll be the most comfortable man. A key to my own home. That's the one key you need. Just talk to the mortgage expert. Republic Bank? Oh, yeah. When you sign on to Republic Pension Back Mortgage, you can own a home before you retire, you know. Republic Pension Back Mortgage, right? It is fantastic. Good thing is, you get to use your Tier 3 pension contributions. Wow. Soon, I'll also be a landlord. For further info on Republic Pension Back Mortgage, contact Republic Bank now. Republic Bank, we are the one for you. It's creamy, creamy plus, delicious milk, creamy plus for you. Creamy Plus is a delightfully delicious option whenever and wherever the occasion calls for milk. For your quick meals on the go or quality time at the dining table, jazz up your favorite Gary Soakings, Mash Kinky, cereals, and all hot and cold beverages with a creamy, protein-rich, healthy option of milk. Creamy Plus evaporated milk with vegetable fat is all you need to stay on the go. Creamy Plus evaporated milk is now available in a shop near you. For bulk purchases, please contact Les Farm distributors at Medina Roots Junction on 0501-682-522 or Grace has found us at a Cocoa Photo Dance Summon on 0245-162-747. Creamy Plus Evaporated Milk. This message has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Sometimes in life, things may not go well as planned. But when the unexpected happens, it doesn't have to destabilize you. That is why you must make your fallback solid. Yes, make it Imperial with insurance cover from Imperial General Assurance. We have a wide range of insurance products such as moto, engineering, marine, bonds, accident and fire insurance. Talk to us today about all your insurance needs and we will give you that solid protection. We have it all covered. Call us on 0577-667-436-28 or visit our website at imperialgeneral.com. Imperial General Assurance. Solid protection. <laughs> Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. It's time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News brought to you by First National Bank and powered by citybusinessnews.com. I am Nashika Caesar. Let's settle for the details. The Ghana Union of Traders Association, Guta, is pushing for a review of the VAT flat rate. According to the association, the system has created an unfair market environment that has resulted in many retailers avoiding tax payment. Speaking on the point of view, President of the association, Dr. Joseph Obin, noted that government should rather adopt more sustainable and business-friendly tax policies, which would help it optimize revenue mobilization while promoting business growth. The issue here is that there's a, a, a confusion around the, the VAT system itself. The, the way the VAT is structured, it does not ensure compliance in the first place. But the, the way the VAT um, is structured, um, we have complained even for much. Wow. The tax system is structured, it's not uh, ensuring uniform, uniformity in the first place. There's no equity, there's no fairness. Uh, in that, we have three 
tax payment uh, VAT payment system running concurrently in the same vicinity. First, we were paying um, um, VAT flat rate uniform um, for five years. The problem started when uh, they, uh, uh, they said that we should migrate into the standard rate in March. So when that came, then the problem started because then they also brought a threshold. Whilst those beyond um, the threshold of 500,000 do the, the uh, standard rate. We, uh, then we have another set of people by the same threshold. So it's not that um, um, uh, Charles and his people should go and tell um, GRA uh, who are not complying. GRA themselves know. That was President of the Ghana Union of Traders Association, Dr. Joseph Obin. Now, a financial analyst, Jerome Kruse, is advocating for stricter measures to be put in place to curb reckless borrowing by government and also to ensure fiscal responsibility. Jerome Kruse welcomed calls by the Institute of Economic Affairs, IEA, to introduce a legislative cap on the amount of national debt that can be incurred by the government and strictly enforce a ceiling of 5% of gross domestic product GDP on the fiscal deficit. Ghana's public debt stock stood at over 400.2 billion at the end of July 2022. Speaking to City Business News, however, the financial analyst says legislation alone will not solve the problem. How do we ensure that even in times of crisis, we do not necessarily discard all forms of fiscal How do we enforce such a law? How do we ensure that that is the bigger concern? And I think for that to happen, apart from the civil society organizations that IEA is trying to organize, we will need some more stakeholders, and not just the IMF coming into play, though that's a good start, because the IMF was in, in play with our last legislation. However, because of COVID-19, we could not see it through, essentially. We need something stronger than legislation to make it ironclad. And that, I think, is the real challenge. But I support the call by the I, given the fact that not abiding by our fiscal responsibility framework has gotten us to the level that we are to be. Jerome Kuse is a financial analyst. Moving on, government through the National African Continental Free Trade Area Coordination, AFCFTA office, has assured of putting in place measures to mitigate the challenge to access funding for SMEs. The National AFCFTA Coordination Office maintains that this is critical to the growth of SMEs under the AFCFTA. Addressing participants at the first series of the public-private dialogue on private sector participation in the AFCFTA organized by CAT International and GIZ, the Senior Advisor for Enterprise Support Audit at the National AFCFTA Coordination Office, Dr. Atto Pamford, revealed that government is advancing measures to accelerate the entry of SMEs into the continent-wide market. If it comes to CAPEX issues that the capital assets will uh, fund in the next terror, uh, the cost of the uh, capital injection is also very, very important to see how this frame it up. And then uh, from the findings that we, we have observed today or this morning, it looks like a 
the, the SMEs are challenging due to the retooling and then also uh, funding their export activities, access to consistent raw material and etc. All these are some challenges that they face. But then, if we look at it, if, if, if we ask ourselves, how are we trying to support them? And then from my point, because my assignment on the national road is to go and meet the individual SMEs and have a dialogue with them, just like our consultant says, that the, the issues also times vary from one SME to the other. That was the senior advisor for enterprise support audit at the National AFCFTA Coordination Office, Dr. Atu Pamford. The head of research at CAT International, Isaac Yao Obin, also highlighted some general limitations confronting the operations of SMEs. Another issue that we look at is the innovative capacity. How are the firms able to innovate? Mind you, under the AFCFT, you are not going to sell the same product that you are selling. You need to up your game, improve upon whatever you are doing, add value to whatever you are doing. So we look at how innovative are the firms. Under that, we look at introduction of new or significantly improved production process or methods. Introduction of new or significantly improved products, goods or services an investment in a new technology that we look at it in a, a three-year time frame. We only 44% have invested in any form of new technology to improve their production process. And 52% have introduced into the market new or improved products. And 44% have introduced improved production process. You have the head of research at CATS International, Isaac Yao Obin. Away from that, economist Courage Mati is urging government to, as a matter of urgency, implement some robust fiscal measures to curb the rising rate of inflation in the country. Recent data from the Ghana Statistical Service indicates that significant increases in the prices of housing, water, electricity, gas and other fuels have pushed Ghana's inflation rate to hit 37.2% for the month of September 2022. According to the data, food inflation rose again to record 32.3%, while non-food inflation was 31.3%. Courage Mati has been speaking to City Business News on the issue. This is something you can describe as a new CPI series with a familiar feel. One that just continues the sustained increase in inflation that we've seen since the back end of last year. So one of the things that can be done is to get the currency to stabilize because that is a significant push factor for price pressures. Then also, I think the central bank also has to, of course, admittedly, the financing of the deficit is a difficult situation or choice they have, the suboptimal financing arrangement they have. But I, I think they, they need to also watch the size of the financing I recall in the emergency meeting, MPC meeting in August, they indicated that they would have an arrangement with the Ministry of Finance to cap the financing that they extend to the government. We need to get that cap in place 
we need to restrict the flow of liquidity from the central bank to the budget because that's also elevating liquidity pressures and creating imbalance in the foreign exchange market, exerting pressure on the local currency and driving price pressures. So deal with the fiscal issues, deal with the concerns in the market around the public debt and fiscal issues. And then we should see some stability return on the exchange rate bonds to reduce the price pressures over the near term. That was an economist and head of insight at IC Securities, Courage Mate. Finally, tax analyst Francis Timor Boy is urging the business community to comply with the directive by the Ghana Revenue Authority to issue electronic VAT invoices. This comes at some firms were expected to deploy electronic VAT system for prompt tax assessment by the Ghana Revenue Authority are failing to comply more than a week after the implementation of the new system. The electronic VAT system began in October 1, 2022 as a measure to help the Ghana Revenue Authority block revenue loopholes. In an interview with City Business News, Francis Timore Boy also called for more sensitization of the system to ensure full compliance. So this September, the law was passed and mandated that going forward, every supplier must be, uh, the invoicing system of every supplier must be certified. So if you are a seller or trader of goods or provide services, you are supposed to link your system to the GRA system so that one, the GRA will be able to have an overview of what you are selling and the possibility of, you know, fraud and understatement is, is eliminated. You notice that VAT is more of a self-assessment. So I think it's a good thing that is being done after all other countries are doing it. And nowadays, technology is the way to go. We can't keep using the manual system of doing tax administration. And so businesses must comply Yes, there is a possibility that this is going to create additional costs to businesses. And so if you think that you have problem or you have issues with your system, the best way or the best approach is to go to the authorities and explain your special circumstance to them and say that you can't you can't link your system because of ABCD. But to blatantly say you won't connect your system is like you are telling us that you, you don't want to charge VAT because you, you, you don't want to add VAT to your, your, your prices to your, your customers. And that, that is against the law. It's an offense. That was tax analyst Francis Timore Boy. And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com and sponsored by First National Bank. How can we help you? I'm Nashika Caesar. Up next is Point Blank. Please stay. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. A bank that supports you, a bank that cares for you, hand in hand. We stand with you So lift your head up Big dreams are waiting We'll walk with you wherever you go Where all your dreams come alive CBG will make you smile We will rise with you Don't be Flourish, your name will stand 
Technology Commission, in partnership with the Ghana Education Service, is proud to announce the grand finale of the third senior high school's renewable energy challenge under the theme Clean Cooking and Food Processing Using Renewable Energy Technologies. Who wins the competition? Will it be GSTS, Business SHS, Yasin to our girls, Inkwanza Technical Institute, Bogatanga Girls or Pages Senior High School. Join us on the 19th of October 2022 at the Accra International Conference Center at 9am to find out. Special guest of honor, His Excellency Nana Adodankwa Ekufu Ado. This event is sponsored by GIZ, Clean Cooking Alliance, AFD, Bui Power Authority, VRA, ECG and PURC. Participation is free. Be there. Be inspired. If your landlord say come up for house, Hello? So you go is that the Ghana police? I can't find my husband though. He is not picking up his call and he hasn't been home in two weeks. Have you checked his office? I have. Have you checked with your in-law? I did that too. Do you have any property elsewhere apart from where you are ah, now? Officer, it's only a piece of land. We are just about to start building our four-bedroom property. I doubt he's there. Uh, madam, madam, please go and check the report back to the police. Taxi! Osei, when did you complete this property? Well, whenever I spoke to you about taking a home construction loan from First National Bank, you brushed me off. So, I went ahead and took the loan. I missed out on Yoho, so I decided not to miss out on Build Up 2022. First National Bank is offering up to 1.5% reduction in your interest rate when you apply for the home construction loan. Be part of Build Up 2022. Call 0800-770-522 or 0242-435-050 today to get started. First National Bank, Bank of the Changeables, First National Bank. How can we help you? Eyewitness News, be there as it happens. Welcome to Point Blank on Eyewitness News. And tonight on Point Blank, we bring you excerpts of an interview former President John Dramani Mahama granted a VOA in his recent trip to the United States of America. The next presidential election in Ghana will be in 2024. Um, have you officially thrown your hat in the ring? Do you plan to run again? No, I haven't, Heidi. <laughs> well, you know, word on the street, <laughs> let me put it that way. <laughs> well, it's good to keep your opponent guessing. And so even if I'm not running, I'm not going to say I'm not running. <laughs> so um, a decision will be taken early next year in the first quarter. And that's when we hold our party's primaries for the presidential candidacy. And... Uh, We'll see. So at this point, you say you can neither confirm nor deny. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so, you know, um, turning to the situation in the country, and you have been very outspoken about the economic turmoil that you are seeing um, in Ghana. The country is enduring deep economic problems, yeah. rampant inflation. Now, of course, this is not unique to Ghana. We're seeing this globally. Um, but we saw protests in the country yeah. um, in June against yeah. the high cost of living. Yeah. Um, and you've for a long time called on the government to accept assistance from the IMF. Yeah. It has now changed course yeah. and and um, has turned to the International Monetary Fund yeah. for help. But Mr. Mahama, you also came under fire about how you handled the economy during your tenure. Um, should you 
run for president, yeah. should you have a chance to lead your country again, mm. what would you do differently mm. that you didn't do the first time around? What would you do differently next time? I'll just, I'll just um, say something uh, a little bit to look at the two circumstances under which we went into the IMF. Um, we are all members of the IMF, and so it's a body we go to when you have some macroeconomic instability. And so at the time I was president, yes, we suffered macroeconomic instability due to two factors, internal and external. External, you get shocked from time to time. We had the commodity price shocks, the slowdown in China. But internally, we overshot our expenditures because we introduced a new wage policy that um, uh, sought to make the uh, remuneration in the public sector more uniform. And it shot the wage uh, bill far above what we had anticipated. Almost 73% of our revenues was going to pay wages and salaries alone. And so that forced us to go uh, into the IMF. Um, this government has twin problems. One is um, macroeconomic instability because expenditures far exceed revenues. Revenues are not performing properly. But then the second thing is also that they went on a borrowing spree and they've pushed our debts to, uh, le to levels that are unsustainable. Uh, just recently, the World Bank came and said we had almost 104% of debt to GDP. And so we have twin problems. One, to uh, achieve fiscal consolidation, and two, to um, uh, bring debts back to sustainable levels. So that's what they're faced with. Um, what I'll do differently, the economy is situated in an environment. It does not exist in isolation. And so there are some things that need to be done to create an environment for the economy to thrive. And some of them are governance issues, strengthening state-owned institutions, the fight against uh, 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 corruption, you know, and so many other things that create the environment for the economy to thrive. I think that if we go into this program and we bring debts back to sustainable levels, and we are able to um, get the bridging facility in order to achieve policy credibility so that investors again feel confident that they can bring their money into Ghana, then we, we must start from there and maintain that prudence. This should be the last time we go to the IMF. I mean, because going and coming and going and coming, I mean, it's, it's really, it, it creates a certain instability in the whole system. And it also reduces the faith that people have in our democracy. One of the things that we will do when we come back, that's the MDC. I didn't say I, because we're not sure who will lead us. One of the things that we'll do is to, like I said, strengthen state institutions, strengthen the anti-corruption institutions, but most importantly, Look at the Constitution again. We've been operating this Constitution for more than 26 years. And I think that the time has come for us to look at it again and do some tweaking in order that we can have a more uh, a proper constitutional environment in which to grow the economy. And so those are some of the things that we'll look at. In four years, we have a four-year term uh, like they have in America, not like in other countries where they have five right. terms. And, right. So there's very little you can do in terms of infrastructure. We'll do our best, invest in uh, the health sector, invest in education, invest in the economic infrastructure. But all this must be geared towards creating opportunities for especially young people to be able to realize their full potential, be able to find jobs in the economy. I think that that's what, what we'll be looking at. And, and in your experience, does 
alone from the IMF cure all economic ills? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You see, um, what happens is you can implement a homegrown fiscal consolidation policy, which is what we wanted to do. But unfortunately, a lot of local and foreign investors, you know, would probably doubt that you can live by the promises that you make. Unless you have an institution like the IMF, you know, working together with you because they know that if you have the IMF supervising, they're going to be marking and making sure that you meet the obligations that you have set out. And that is why an IMF program becomes uh, important. That's why I said it's for policy credibility. You know, once IMF comes and puts a stamp and says, look, uh, we, we accept what Ghana wants to do, and we're going to walk along with Ghana in order to be able to implement uh, this program that they have brought, then that increases investor confidence, you know, both outside and, and, and inside, that you'll be able to achieve the things that you set out. But aside from that, IMF will give you money to show up your foreign reserves, and you need that money to stabilize your currency. And so if government is able to uh, reach accommodation with IMF, which will be dependent on if they're able to reach agreement with our creditors, because of the debt must come to sustainable levels before the IMF will give you a program. And so if they're able to do that, then the IMF will give Ghana... Ghana is looking for $3 billion. I don't know how much the IMF is going to give, but anything between $1.5 billion and $3 billion would help show up the reserves. It means something similar to what Zambia has Yes, exactly. Our situation is similar to Zambia. Zambia had a twin problem, both the debt and fiscal consolidation. Correct. And now they've got a program. I think they have had their negotiations for Correct. debt sustainability, and I think they are well on their way now. And so Ghana is, is next. Well, and they also didn't get the higher figure that they wanted, but, you know, I, but I can I understand. But I guess their economy is stabilizing quite well. The Kwacha has made us one of the best performing currencies in Africa. Correct. just two days yeah. after. Unfortunately, in Africa, in, in, in Ghana, we have taken over the mantle of the worst performing currency, not only in Africa, the world. So um, a part, another part of taking IMF loans is, of course, the, the conditions attached, the conditionalities, which many countries and many people in general on the African continent are always wary about. They think IMF conditionalities cuts in social spending. Would you advise um, the Ghanaian government to cut, you talked about rampant spending, to cut spending and where, what kind of spending, um, social services? You know... People think about the IMF in the old sense of what it was. The IMF has gone through a lot of reform. They're not going to come and tell you to cut social spending. They're going to ask you to bring a program. Your revenues are much lower than your expenditure. How are you going to bring it in sync? And you have to tell them where you can cut. And so you are going to cut. They are not going to cut. You get my point? And so if you're spending too much money on something, you have to decide whether you think that is critical expenditure that you want to keep. And you agree with them, we're going to bring the deficit year on year down, the budget deficit down to, let's say, 6%. I'm just assuming that. What do you need to cut to attain 6% budget deficit? That's the program you have to send to the IMF. And when you send it and they agree with you, then, then that's it. But they are not going to... Before this, we impose conditionalities. You have to cut subsidies to education. You have to cut subsidies to health care. You have to do so and so. Now they don't do that. They let you determine where you want to cut. So that was from our president.
John Dramani Mahama speaking um, in that interview on Straight Talk Africa uh, when he visited the United States of America. That's how we conclude today's edition of the program. Uh, it's been live from our studios at number 11, Dr. Martin Lupin Adabraka in Accra, show produced by Bevin London, Sami Wiafi, and Fred Jabano. Uh, earlier, you heard Akosia Archery and uh, technical assistance has been provided by Daniel Squashi. My name is Salom Adunu. Up next is Sister. Sister, have a good evening. City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959. And get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM, and on Twitter at City 973. City 97.3. Accra.